So Mark 10, 1 through 16. And you'll notice that in chapter 10 of Mark, you uh, see Jesus talking about marriage and then children and then property. Those three topics. What we hope to do, we're continuing our series in the Gospel of Mark. We hope to complete chapter 10 and then maybe turn to another book for the time being. Um, but we hope to spend maybe two or three more weeks on the on this Gospel, Mark chapter 10. And um, also to mention that even in this passage, verses 13 through 16, the focus is on children. And I know some of you don't have young children anymore, or some have older children. Maybe a couple don't have any children. Do you know what? As a congregation, we can encourage one another, encourage families who have children also with this message just before us this day. So it's a passage for all of us. And we pray that the Lord may greatly encourage us through his word. Begin at verse 1 of chapter 10. Let's hear God's word. Then he arose from there and came to the region of Judea by the other side of the Jordan. And multitudes gathered to him again, as it was accustomed. He taught them again. And the Pharisees came and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Testing him. And he answered and said to them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her. And Jesus answered and said to them, Because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. In the house, his disciples also asked him again about the same matter. So he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another, commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And this is our focus this day, verses 13 through 16. Then they brought little children to him, to Jesus, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. So that's our focus, verses 13 through 16. By the way, as you look on YouTube, you'll see this message in English, but also in Hindi. So it's in both languages. And uh, we trust that the Lord may, may use it for our edification and for our encouragement also in this day. You know, congregation, there's one thing that I've been hearing from parents, and that is during this time of social distancing, uh, we begin to hear of the blessing that parents have with their children being at home. Maybe that's not always in all cases and in all homes, but it is really neat to hear that. It's really a great pleasure to hear that. Not only are some of you as parents helping your children with their schoolwork, 
but it's also a great time, isn't it, for, for parenting. And there's something really unique and special also about this time. You can call it maybe one of the blessings, one of the, the joys uh, of this time. You know, that's always a beautiful thing uh, for believing parents, especially for believing parents, to know that Jesus is always ready to bless their children. And who does Jesus use to bless their children, to bless your children? He uses you as parents, moms, dads. And you know, the beautiful thing is each and every morning, you may bring your children before the Lord Jesus in prayer. Because after all, what did Jesus say here? Jesus says, let the little children come to me. You know, there are no better hands, no safer hands than his hands. What an encouragement, isn't it? In a scary world, that we can have confidence in him and that he will use our work as parents to continue to, to raise our children and train our children for the Lord Jesus. And that's what we see in Mark 10, verses 13 through 16. You see such a delightful little scene here. Not a scene that you often see throughout the Gospels, but here you see it. Parents are bringing their little children to Jesus for what? For a blessing. What an act of faith, isn't it? They bring their children <clears throat> to him, to their faithful shepherd, to their king. And in the light of this morning, um, the call... <clears throat> Let the children come to me. We really hear Jesus' tender instruction to us, don't we? Let the little children come to me. Let them come to Jesus. And we're going to hear two things. First of all, in, this, in these words, we hear the call of Jesus. We hear the call of our king. Verses 13, 14, and 16. 13, 14, and 16. Consider the call of of our king. And in verse 15, we hear the second thing, the condition for entering his kingdom, the condition for entering into his life, right? To receiving his life. So first of all, the call of the king, and second of all, the condition for entering into his kingdom. So we see, first of all, the, the call of Jesus here. And you notice in light of verse 1, Boy, the house was full. It was filled with big people, all kinds of people. I mean, there was hardly a space left to be found in, in that home. It was so full, so crowded with the people. Why was that? Who was there? Who was the one that people were drawn to? It was the Lord Jesus. What was he talking to them about? He was talking about marriage and how God made marriage. And now what we see in verses 13 through 16, the moms yeah, and dads, if they're not working at that time, but moms and dads, they were also on their way. They were also coming to this house, rushing. Now, as you see them running and rushing towards the house, you think that the children and the parents were all excited about going to a party, rushing to a party. But no, they weren't rushing to a party. They were excited to see Jesus. They were thinking, the parents were thinking, we want our children to know Jesus. And if they know Jesus, they will never forget him. 
That was their their aim. That was their joy. What do they want? They wanted Jesus to lay his hands on their children. They wanted Jesus to touch the children and to bless them. You know why? You know why? Yeah, big people need Jesus. But little people, children, they need Jesus too. No less than adults. They need Jesus just as much. Children also need God to forgive their sins through Jesus and through his work on the cross. But they also need that new life, which only Jesus can give. You think about it. How does Jesus forgive sins? Through his sacrifice that he's going to offer on the cross. That's how he forgives sin, through his sacrifice, by us trusting in his sacrifice. And that's not all. There's more. He also promises to give us new life so that we can live in that right relationship, that we can live under the, the, the sunlight of God's grace once again. And that's what Christ gains for us through his resurrection. But notice here, the dads, the mums, they reach the home just as the other crowds are leaving. Boy, they are excited. Are they ever excited? They reach the home, and what happens? Something that is so surprising. The very disciples of Jesus, the ones that are really close to Jesus, the closest ones, the ones whom Jesus are training to be pastors and leaders in the church, they see the children coming and they stop them. They rebuke them. I mean, what do you think you're doing? That's what they're saying to the parents of the children. What do you think you're doing? Go away. Jesus is far too busy than to talk to these little ones. Don't bother with him right now. He needs a rest. Was that really right what the disciples were saying? They're probably thinking, ah, children, they're too small for Jesus to think about them. I mean, let the children do their own thing. After all, they don't really need Jesus yet, do they? Is that true? Boys and girls, is that true? You don't need Jesus yet? No, that's not true. You need, you need Jesus just as much as your moms and dads do. You need Jesus just as much. When Jesus sees the disciples trying to chase away the moms and the dads and their kids, what, do we, what does Jesus do? He is very displeased. That's the word there. Jesus is displeased with his disciples. The sense of displeased is he's, he's angry, but he's also grieved because these little ones he loves so tenderly. There's a grief there. There's a great sadness, but also an anger. Jesus stops speaking, and he turns to his disciples, the one who's trained to be pastors and leaders in the church. And he basically asks them, what do you think you're doing? These are my little lambs. Don't stand in their way. And it's that point where Jesus says, let the little children come to me. He's addressing the disciples, <laughs> the would-be pastors. You let the little children come to me. Don't stand in their way. You know, you think of, you think of this, boys and girls. Were the children afraid of coming to Jesus? 
Oh, no. They were excited. Yeah, but knows who he is. He's God. He's the son of God. Through him, all things were made. Yeah, but Jesus, the son of God, he became man. He took upon himself our human nature. He became man so that he could become accessible. He makes himself accessible to us, that we may come to him. He says, come, let the little children come to me. And that's why they're so excited. They, they come to Jesus so trustingly, so openly. The parents want Jesus as well to touch them, to bless them. There's nothing greater in life. Think about it, moms and dads. Think about a congregation. Isn't this what happens in Christian baptism? Parents bring their little ones, maybe three weeks old, four weeks old, maybe two months. They bring their little ones to Jesus. You could say to the front of the church. And in baptism, God, as it were, reaches down with his personal hand from heaven and touches the little child on the forehead using water, right? He uses the the pastor. The pastor uses water. It's God touching the child on the forehead saying, you know, Joel, or you know, Susan, you belong to me. You are mine. My promises, all my promises in Jesus also belong to you. The forgiveness of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins through Jesus' blood, and the Holy Spirit who gives faith. And you know, from young, young on up, from the very young, from the very young on up, the mark, you could say the stamp of his touch is on your children. Your children don't, first of all, belong to you. Oh, yes, they're entrusted to you, but they belong to Jesus. You're there serving Jesus as you train them. They belong to him, not to Satan. No, they're not in some sort of netherland. No, they're not here or there. No, they belong to Jesus. That's what that sign, that's what that stamp shows us. You know, sometimes people may object and even stand in the way of Jesus saying, by saying, yes, but the child doesn't understand. He can't decide. Three, four weeks? What can he understand at that time? It's true. But do you think the little children understood when the parents brought them to Jesus for blessing, for his touch on them? They didn't understand when the king, when the savior touched them and put his mark on them. This is his call. Let the little children come to me. You know, though the little children do not understand. Who understands? God does. God understands. He decides. He reaches out to the child with his promises of love and salvation because the child is not able to reach out to him. And then God shows, you know, by placing his stamp on the child, by placing that visible mark on the child, the truth about the way he always works. He's the one who always makes the first move because there's no, no way we can 
make the first move. There's no way we can decide for Jesus. God first must, must reach out to us. He's the one who decides. You know, how will a child ever repent and believe in the Lord Jesus unless God gives him that, unless God enables little Joel or little Susan to believe and to repent of his or her sins? You know, God's touch shows that he's able to give this, and he's so willing in Christ. Let the little children come to me. Do not forbid them. You notice here, just love those verses, verses 14 and 16. Those children are so close to Jesus, so close. Close enough for Jesus to take them up in their arms and he enfolds them, he embraces them. Luke says, if you look at the Gospel Luke version, uh, Luke 18, verse 15, he says they were infants. So even very, very tiny little babies. But in verse 16, we see this, this delightful picture before us. Each parent, in turn, is bringing his or her child to Jesus. And Jesus takes each one into his arm, you could say in each one into his arm, and he blesses them one by one by one. He takes the time, and every parent comes in turn, bringing their child to Jesus. No, they don't understand. The little ones don't understand, but Jesus does. And that's why the parents, they listen to Jesus' call and bring their little ones to Jesus so that he may bless them. Isn't that wonderful? They know that Jesus really loves them, that he will give even his life for them on the cross. That's how much he loves the children of believers. Now, I know today we know that Jesus does not go into houses like he did back then. Like we don't see Jesus physically walking into our homes like he did then. We don't meet Jesus like that now today. But of course, we also know we live in a different time. We know that the crucified Jesus has been risen from the dead. He, he, he arose on the third day, ascended into heaven. And where is he now? He is the risen and living Savior currently presently at the right hand of God the Father. But he's very much at work, blessing little children today. But who does he use? He uses, first of all, parents. He also uses teachers of Christian schools and pastors and leaders in the church, elders. But that's the way, that's the means that the Lord Jesus uses to bless the little children that belong to him. So how does the Lord's touch and how does the Lord touch and bless little children who belong to Jesus? Well, he does so through his word. Jesus blesses children through you, moms and dads. First of all, to lead your blessed ones to him, to lead your young ones to him. That is through his word. You know what, parents? You are the very first you are the primary teachers of your children. Notice that God has entrusted your children to you, to moms and dads, 
to raise, to teach, to nurture in the way of Christ, in the way of his word. That primary responsibility belongs to you. Hear what Jesus says. Let the little children come to me. It's also Jesus addressing moms and dads. Let the little children come to me. It's a call, isn't it? But you know what? In that call, he will help you. He will equip you. He will give you every grace that you need for that. I mean, the stamp on your child's forehead, that mark, shows that he will be with you the whole way. You look at Isaiah 40, verse 11. Such a beautiful promise. It talks about the shepherd, Jesus. He will gather their lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and greatly lead them. That's his promise. He will equip you. You might feel inadequate, and we are in ourselves. We are inadequate. We need wisdom. We need grace. But you know what? Your children, first of all, belong to Jesus. He calls you to bring them to him. Let the little children come to me. You know, the, the challenge of today, and I think we can say this, is some Christian parents make no time or very little time for their children. But you know, it's for them, it may be seen. For, for some, it's not so important to them to raise their little ones in the Lord. I mean, they want the church to do that for them. Or they want the, the teachers from the Christian school to do that for them. But like the disciples, what are parents doing? They're standing in the way of their children. They're standing in the way from Jesus blessing their own children through them. This is really important to realize from Jesus touching them through you as parents, from Jesus blessing them through you as moms and dads. You know, for such parents, their children are not important enough to raise for the Lord at home. But you know, the consequences are not good. The parents miss out on the real blessing of life by standing in the way. And later many wonder, what happened to their children? And why? How come they have far how come they've strayed away from the Lord? We're believers. But you know what? Perhaps this is a struggle for you. And maybe for some parents, they see how their children have wandered away from the Lord. But always remember, always remember, there's always hope with the shepherd of the sheep. Even in the midst of failure, even in the midst of our own lack, the Lord Jesus calls us to come to him, to come to Jesus. And we can ask him for forgiveness, but also we can continue to pray for our children that the Lord would would bring them back, that they may come to him. How many stories are there not in history, in the history of the church, about parents praying for their children who have wandered away from the Lord? And you see often how the Lord brings them back. He uses the prayers of parents. But still, it doesn't take away from the primary responsibility belonging to moms and dads. J.C. Ryle, a 19th century pastor, says, your children are never too young to learn evil and sin. That comes very naturally, doesn't it? We cannot begin too soon to endeavor to bring them to Jesus. 
the importance of investing in this. The most important investment you can ever make in your life is investing them, investing your time in your children. You know, it's so important that taking the time, read the Bible with them. Supper time, it's a good time. Read the Bible with them. Pray with them. Teach them. Talk with them. Discipline them. Nurture them. All in the ways of Christ. That's what it means when Jesus says, let the little children come to me. May you be the conduit. May you be the channel for that. Remind your children of Jesus' call. Call them to trust on Jesus. Call your children to trust in his sacrifice for them. It's in this way Jesus blesses children through you and touches their hearts through you. Always think of that passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. If you turn there, it's a beautiful chapter. You can read uh, even 1 through 15, but 6 and 7 of chapter 6 of Deuteronomy. They're the Lord. Their God instructs parents. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. Yes, your church and your Christian school have a very important role in obeying Jesus' call here. Yes, teachers of Christian schools, elders and pastors also have that call, let the little children come to me. I mean, the school, the church, Christian school that is, the church, they build on the foundation of the home. They help strengthen it. They help fortify it. They help the parents and making the the family stronger. And that's why we have Hope Academy. Very necessary. It's one of the means the Lord uses to have the children come to Jesus. It's so biblical. It's so much what the Bible talks about, raising our children in the fear of the Lord. This is also one of the benefits of Sunday worship and fellowship. You know, sometimes people think, well, it's not so important if my my little children don't come with me to church today. I mean, after all, they don't really understand and they get bored. That's your thinking. That's, but what does Jesus say? Let the little children come to me. Yeah, through his word, he speaks to us. Right? Every Sunday by Sunday, he speaks to us. He wants to bless us. He wants to touch our hearts. And when we don't want to bring our children to church, or if we let our children be the bosses and say, no, I don't want to come today, and you listen to them, I'm sorry to say this, but you're standing in their way. You're standing in the way of Jesus wanting to bless them. No, Jesus has given you the authority over your children. No, you say, you come, because you're thinking about what Jesus says. Let the children come to me. And by not having them come, by letting, by by listening to them, by saying, uh, but but by letting them stay home. What are you doing? You're actually displeasing the Lord Jesus, because it's Jesus who touches through His Word and by His Spirit, and sometimes in ways that we never expect, never underestimate how the Holy Spirit can use the Word in the life of a child that's one, two, even yeah, six months old. The Lord is able to do His work, and He does. Don't let your children miss out on Jesus' hand of blessing. 
Don't stand in the way of them coming to Jesus. As parents, you are as privileged as these moms and dads are or were in Jesus' day. Even more so, bringing children to Jesus for his kingdom blessing. Yes, it's all about teaching them to respond in faith and love. That brings us to our second point. It's a brief point, short point, but it's one verse. There brings out the condition for entering Christ's kingdom. Having spoken about these children, Jesus goes on to speak about everyone. Notice verse 15 or verse 17. Whosoever. Jesus uses children now as an illustration. The only way to enter the kingdom of God is by receiving his promises in faith. Receive it like these little children who receive Jesus' love so freely. His gracious gift. That brings us to verse 15. You know, Jesus uses strong words here. He says to his disciples, if you don't receive the kingdom of God like a child, you will by no means, never will you enter it. Never will you enter his kingdom. Does Jesus use these children as an illustration because they are so innocent and pure? Well, if this is the case, is Jesus then saying that the condition for anyone entering the kingdom is by being innocent and pure? If that's the case, then no one can enter it. Who among us is innocent and pure? No, that's not the point here. No one is. Jesus, however, is not stressing the innocence of children here, but he's stressing the helplessness, their helplessness. In this story, the children are totally helpless with absolutely nothing to bring. You know, Article 15 of our Belgian Confession says it this way. It reminds us that the sinful nature we inherit from Adam, our first parent, even affects small children, small infants in their mother's womb. <clears throat> Helpless. In need of God's grace. <clears throat> we must come to Jesus like a little child. Utterly helpless. having Claiming no merit. Having no claim to enter his kingdom. And we must also come like a child. How? By repenting, trusting, and believing. If we don't receive the kingdom of God as a little child, you will by no means enter it. Such strong terms here. But that's the case. We must enter the kingdom. We must receive the kingdom by trusting in Jesus openly, unreservedly, trustingly, confidently, readily, just as a child was coming to Jesus in the story. You know, one person tells a story of gold pieces that were piled up on a, win a windowsill outside, so on the outside windowsill. And those gold pieces, there was a sign on the outside of the gold pieces, and it said, take one. All day long, people passed by thinking, <laughs> This person can't fool me. I'm not taking one. And all day long, they passed by not taking it, not daring to take it. Evening fell. The whole pile was still there. No one took. And the owner was about to remove the pile. But just before he did, a child came by, read the sign, and calmly, without any hesitation, he took one. Likewise, Christ really offers his salvation, forgiveness, and new life. 
a gift far more precious than pieces of gold. His promises, all of them are yours through faith in him. Take it. Receive it. It's yours through faith. You know, as parents, as you hold out Christ's promises to your children, say to them, take it. Receive it. You may pray for them. Pray for them regularly. Pray for your children. I know you can't give them faith. No one of us can give our children faith. But the Lord Jesus uses our prayers. He uses our work, our labors in raising up our children. Remind your children of God's promises in their baptism. And be encouraged as you raise your children. Because you can depend on God. You can depend on the strength of his promises that he gave to them, to your children in their baptism. Pray for them. You can pray that God will give them faith and that they may, re may respond. Yeah, you can warn them. Warn them by saying, if you reject Jesus, God's mark will work against you. Then you're not safe in the world and you're not safe for eternity. But also hold out Jesus' promise to them. You can say, son, daughter, Jesus is so close to you. You don't remember. But there was a time he took you in his arms. And he still does. Listen to him. Trust him. Follow him. Because you are safe. You are safe in his everlasting arms. He gently leads those with young. As Jesus is talking about parents here. Right? Isaiah 40, verse 11. The Lord's talking about parents. He gently leads those with young. To all of you, God uses the sign in your baptism to strengthen your faith as well. How are you responding to him? How are you responding to Jesus? You know, the stamp on our forehead doesn't go away. Thank God. Because when tempted to leave God in his ways or in times of despair, God, by his Holy Spirit, reminds us of the sign, reminds us of the stamp that he placed on us. And he says to us, no, 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 not that way, this way. Remember my promises. I've purchased it with my blood, and I've given you my grace and spirit so that you may walk in my ways. Don't be unbelieving. Be believing. You know, the beautiful thing, that stamp, that mark on us, is also the Lord's way to strengthen us in our faith. We often don't think of it that way, but it's a very important uh, mark in our lives, that stamp. You know, in all this, let your children see Jesus' call to them also in your life. So important. In our day and age, many are not having children because of all the bad things in our world. But you know what? In our world, people have nowhere to bring their children, but you do. That is, you who believe in Jesus. Let the little children come to me. He's powerful. His hands are better. His hands are safe. May the Lord continue to raise up boys and girls, young men and women, fearless in their faith in the Lord and his promises. Amen.